the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When we stand before God, he's only going to ask one question. What did you do with my son? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Today we're going to do part two of 2 Samuel chapter 5. I entitled this message, A Time to Reflect. And today we're going to look at the life of David. Now his life, as you know, was very up and down, from mountaintop experiences to extreme setbacks and hardships, after he was anointed by Samuel the prophet as a young boy to be the next king of Israel. That day of blessing brought great turmoil into his life. Now, it couldn't have started much better, though. It couldn't have been much bigger or better as the young David shocked the world by not only challenging a giant named Goliath, but by also defeating him and causing the Philistine armies to be routed that day. You know, Think about how that went. He was just supposed to go check up on his brothers on the battlefield. His dad said, hey, can you take some cheese to your brothers? Hey, I would have liked that. I love cheese. You can't have too much cheese on nachos or cheeseburgers. But anyway, it's like, so David goes out there to check out his brothers and some Mr. Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum giant comes into the scene and he starts yelling and cursing the God of creation. And all of a sudden, this little boy, David, says, hey, who's this big buffoon down there knocking my God? He can't say things like that. And they said, hey, listen, this guy is challenging us. And everyone was shaking in their feet because he wasn't just a normal giant. He was a supersized giant. I was living downtown when we first started our church in Los Angeles, and we were living in this luxury apartment building because a friend of mine owned it, and he let us live there for free. (laughs) So it's like, praise Jesus. Anyway, it was only like two blocks from the Staples Center where the Lakers play. And so Shaq was in the foyer of the apartment building. So I'm downstairs, and I'm like, man, there's Shaq Daddy right there. So I ran up, you know, the elevator. Well, I didn't run up the elevator. I took the elevator up, and I got my wife. I go, honey, Shaq's in the house. You got to come see him. So we went back down and in the foyer, and there's Shaq, and he walked right by me and my wife, and my wife's just like, oh, my goodness, he's huge. See, if you've ever stood next to someone that's really big, you realize how big they are. You don't see it so much when you used to watch Shaq play on TV, you know, on the Lakers, but, I mean, when you stand next to him, seven feet tall, I think he weighed about 375. (laughs) It's like, depends on how many cheeseburgers he had that day. But anyway, Shaq, he's a big human being. Well, now 
Let's shift over to Goliath in the Bible. The Bible says he was nine foot six tall. He's two and a half feet taller than Shaq Daddy. And I'm sure he probably weighed about five to six hundred pounds. This guy was a huge human being. And what does he do? He goes and chews on God. So God sends a little boy, a shepherd boy named David. David goes down there to him, and Goliath is completely offended. He's like, you send a little boy out to me? Uh, I'm offended. Yeah, That's the best you got for your warriors of Israel's a little shepherd boy? And he looked at David and said, listen here, kid, you little runt. I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. And that's when David looked up and said, oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you, Mr. Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum, I'm going to send you, I'm going to take you down and feed you and the entire army of the Philistines to the birds of the air. And David picked up and went after him and took his sling and he slung a stone. And I think maybe God sped up that rock, maybe two or 3,000 miles an hour, planted it right in the center of Goliath's head, and he dropped like a dead, dormant, doornail. He was done. So, but not only did he defeat Goliath, little David went on to lead the armies of God, defeating Israel's adversaries. But right when life was looking great for David, it all turned upside down. It turns sour. Don't you hate when that happens? You're just going on cruise control. Everything's looking good. Everything seems fine. Then all of a sudden something happens and your whole life gets turned upside down as jealousy and envy filled the heart of King Saul, the current king. And David had to run for his life because everyone was saying, oh, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. So he had to run for his life. Yet God never forgot the promise that he made to David. David, after many years of fleeing misery in his life, this insane king, King Saul, he had all kinds of suffering because of that. Yet in God's perfect timing, David became the undisputed king of Israel. For many times, it's in those seasons of pain. Many times in the seasons of hardship and great strain that we find the deepest and the most gratifying victories. Maybe you're in one of those seasons right now as you're listening on the radio. Maybe you're just like, man, Pastor, you don't understand. My life is turned upside down. Maybe you've got marital problems. Maybe you have a problem with one of your children. Maybe it's a problem with a parent. Maybe it's a problem with your boss, your supervisor. Maybe just something's just turning upside down in your life. And you're thinking, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening now? Why, why this? Why me? You know, because we see many times in these times of hardship, that's the time that we see the hand of God work in the midst of our pain. Look, anyone can be happy when everything in life is a bowl of cherries, but when we're struggling to stay alive, we're struggling just to get the next breath of air, when circumstances have completely turned sour, or we have lost control of some aspect of our life, and sin has taken over, that's when we can fall down at our Savior's feet and cry out, Oh God! 
Have mercy on me, a sinner. And he hears our voice from heaven, and he becomes our refuge. That's when we have a renewed sense of great appreciation that God will never, ever leave us or forsake us. I wonder if there's anyone listening right now that needs to cling to the Lord for refuge, that you just need to know that God is not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Listen, even if your problems are caused by you, because you could be your worst enemy. You might be that person that has gone down a path of sin. You're not walking with the Lord. You've kind of forsaken him, and you're reaping what you've sown. Let me tell you, there's a way back. There's a way of repentance. Listen, God doesn't hate you. He loves you. And I'm going to give you an opportunity here before this program's up to really get right with the Lord. But today here, as we look in 2 Samuel, uh, we're going to consider this thought here, a time to rise up. Let me read to you what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Now the king and his men went to Jerusalem. This is David now. He's the undisputed king of Israel now. And he went up against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land. And they said to David, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will turn you away, thinking that David could not enter here. Nevertheless, David captured the stronghold of Zion, That is the city of David. Yes, David became the undisputed king over God's people. Yet there was no time to sit back and enjoy the spotlight. It was time for him to rise up. And his first battle as king of Israel was to conquer Jerusalem. Jerusalem is mentioned more than any other city in the Bible. Its name means possession of peace. But as you know, even to this day, this city has been everything but peaceful. It was first mentioned in Genesis 14 as Salem. It has been in controversy from the beginning. It's also been considered the city of God. And everybody seems to want it. Why is that? Well, back in David's day, it was because it was 14 miles west of the Dead Sea and 33 miles east of the Mediterranean Sea. It had excellent uh, fortification because of its elevation. It sits just about 2,500 feet in elevation. And because of the deep valleys around it, three sides are naturally defendable. So that's why David wanted it. Uh, Plus, it had a great water supply. And now David set right in between this city here, and it had a divided kingdom. But now, you know, he wants to eliminate the Jebusites that have had control of this city. So Jerusalem became now the capital of a united Israel. Yes, it was militarily desirable in David's day. It was commercially central for their economy. But the Jebusites in verse 6 They just mocked David. They said, you know, the blind and the lame could defeat you. Yes, they obviously didn't hear about the whole David and Goliath and all the Philistines falling to David. Yes, they seriously underestimated their opponent, for they did not take into consideration the God of David. And when David attacked, 
He came through. He came through the underground water tunnels. I've been there. I've walked in these water tunnels before. They're all under Jerusalem. And he destroyed the Jebusites. Yes, people have been fighting for Jerusalem ever since Jerusalem existed. Again, Jerusalem has also been translated as the city of God. And though many in history have claimed to be a God, there is only one true and living God. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and there is no other God than him. And if you serve any other God and you say, oh, well, they're all the same and all roads lead to the same God, you are absolutely 100% wrong. There is only one God. He is the creator of heaven and earth and all that is seen in it, the universe, the solar systems. Yet when we come and we stand before God. He's only going to ask one question. What did you do with my son? Remember that. That's the only question that he's going to ask. But getting back to our test here, it's once again now, the Jews are keepers of the city of David. But here in Second Samuel is where it is all really started. Notice in verse 7, it says that David captured the stronghold of Zion. This is the first time Jerusalem is called Zion. Zion means a mountain in Jerusalem. This refers to the actual temple mount. And Jerusalem is also referred to, again, as the city of David. And now that Israel is unified with a king, that is David, after God's own heart, notice what we're told in verse 10. It says, And David became greater and greater, for the Lord God of hosts was with him. Yes, when the Lord inhabits any man or any woman, we can come, and when we humble ourselves before God and we're willing to repent of our sin, that's when God can do a great transformation in each and every one of us individually. And how does he do that again? It's through the continual, constant teaching of the Word of God. And so this is why I encourage you to come to Core Church Los Angeles. Here we are. California was locked down for, what, a year and a half? I mean, okay. And finally, you know, we have the California's open now as of, what was it, June 15th or whatever it was. And so it's been a little over a month that we've been opened up. So now, what is the excuse if you haven't got back in the church? And not just any church. If you were going to a church that you were not growing in your relationship with Christ, like you're not maturing in your faith, why would you go back to that church? I encourage you to go to a church that teaches the truth of God's Word, listen, without compromise. Without compromise. We had this lady that was a Jehovah's Witness. And uh, she moved to L.A. with her husband. Well, her husband left her and divorced her, and she was left crying on the floor of her one-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. And she had been listening to our radio program, and she cried out to the Lord, Lord Jesus, if you're really true, truly who you say that you are, that you're God in the flesh, I want to serve you. And she gave her life to Jesus on the floor of her one-bedroom apartment. So then she decided to come to Core Church Los Angeles. And so she came and she pulled in the parking lot and then she left. She never came in. Then the next Sunday, she pulled in the parking lot 
and she left again. The third Sunday she pulled in. Well, one of our parking lot attendants had noticed that this woman pulls in and leaves every Sunday. So he stopped her and he said, excuse me, ma'am, you keep coming into the parking lot and then you just pull right out. And she's like, well, it's because I was a Jehovah Witness for for 30 years and I was deceived. I, I thought Jesus was Michael the Archangel and I, I've realized that Jesus was God in the flesh and I just don't want to be deceived again. And every time I come here, I'm thinking, well, what if this man deceives me also? And he says, well, listen, you're going to hear the truth of God's word here. Why don't we do this? Why don't we park your car? And you go in and sit in the back row. And and then if you don't like what you hear, you can get up and come out. I'll help you get your car out and you can leave. She goes, well, that's fair enough. So she comes in. She listens to my message. And by the way, what I'm going to say to you was not in my notes that day. I wasn't even talking about it, but the Lord just laid it on my heart. And I got on some tangent. And of course, she told me this later. I got on this tangent. I said, listen, if you're a, a guy or a girl and you're not married and you're living with someone and you're committing fornication with them, you're having sexual relations with someone that you're not married to, you're living in sin. And the Bible says no fornicator will inherit the kingdom of heaven. When she heard that, she said, any pastor that's willing to say that in Los Angeles, where uh, many people are living with their boyfriend and girlfriend here, they got to be preaching the truth. So that's why she stayed and she grew in her relationship with Christ, being taught the truth of God's word. So you got to get plugged in with a church that's teaching the truth. Listen, we have people driving up from Orange County. We have people coming from Rialto and San Bernardino County. Listen, I'm not saying that you have to drive that far, but listen, why not? Wouldn't it be better to drive 45 minutes or 50 minutes or an hour if you're going to be taught the Word of God and challenged where you're at? I just encourage you to come and check out Core Church Los Angeles. We're on the intersection of La Cienega and the 10 Freeway. We're only like 200 feet north of the 10 Freeway on La Cienega. But I encourage you to come and check it out. Look, if you hate it and you hate me, don't come back. But what if you like it? What if you grow? We have a smoking worship team. We have a wonderful people at our church. We have an unbelievable children's ministry for your children, you know, to bring your children to be taught the Word of God on their level. And listen, for those of you that are listening to us on our 19 stations on the East Coast, I know it's a little far for you to drive, okay? You can leave on like Monday and get there on Sunday. But anyway, just kidding. But you can download our free app on your phone and listen to the messages. There's full video messages on there, hundreds of them. And by the way, if you are being ministered to by this radio program and you are being ministered to by Core Truth Radio, why don't you call your friend in Timbuktu or Idaho or Tennessee or, you know, Michigan or whatever and say, hey, you need to listen to this message and just they can download the app in like 30 seconds and they can listen to a message that maybe you just listened to. So spread the word so people can be ministered to through the word of God. Well, anyway, getting back to our message here, maybe you have failed more times than you could ever imagine. And maybe you have given up on a certain vice in your life because, you know, with this whole year and a half of COVID and maybe you got kind of caught up with some things and looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at, drinking things you shouldn't be drinking, doing things you shouldn't be doing. Well, listen, you know, you cannot 
ever find full victory without the Lord moving inside of your heart. In fact, when we can finally get to the end of ourselves and say, Lord, I I, I can't do this. Lord, this thing is kicking my rear here. I, I, I'm losing the battle here spiritually. Well, that's when we get to the beginning of our Lord. He's so gracious to you. And maybe today, right here as you're listening on the radio, could be that day of great victory and independence for you that you've been praying for. You know, for some, maybe you would love to just, you know, be true to the Lord here and say, God, I just need to get back and get right with you. Well, we'll give you a moment to do that here in a second. Right now, I want to bring up this other thought, though, a time to reflect. Second Samuel 5.11 says, Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David with cedar trees and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built a house for David. And David realized that the Lord had established him as a king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Yes, David stopped, and he took a time to reflect God's hand of blessing on him. I wonder if you've done that lately, where you've just realized, man, you know, look what God has done for me over the course of my life. And now here I am, maybe I'm drifting away a little bit. Maybe it's time to get back to those days when you were on fire for the Lord, where your heart burned on the inside. You know, David goes from a man on the run. Remember when King Saul was chasing him for like, who knows, 18 years of his life to the undisputed king of Israel. God has given his people Jerusalem as their capital. And now the king of Tyre sends all these building materials and labor to build David a beautiful palace. Now, David, this man who's lived over the past 20 years, always having to look over his shoulder, not knowing when his last day would be, now sits in the king's house, in a royal city in Jerusalem. And all he can do is reflect on God's goodness, that God would raise up a shepherd boy to make all of this happen, all because God wanted to bless his people. Have you ever thought about what God could do in your life, in my life, if we simply obeyed him like David did? Consider what God said in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then he goes, Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Wow. We must ask ourselves, does that describe my relationship with God? Do we call upon him? Do we pray to him? Do we seek after him? Are we really searching with him with the same fervency that we once did in our life with all of our heart? Or have we lost that? Listen, for those of you that maybe have slipped away, maybe you say, you know, Pastor, I've kind of lost it. I don't have that zeal. I don't have that passion anymore. And now I'm starting to get involved with things that I know are wrong. And I've got this guilt in my life and this conviction in my soul. What do I do, you might say? Well, this is what you do. You say, enough. 
And today, on this day, right now, at this moment, listening on the radio, right now, you get right with the Lord. Listen, I don't know how far it took you to get here. I don't know how long you've been drifting away from the Lord. But right now is a new day. And you need to repent. You need to get right with the Lord so He can revive your heart. He can refresh you. He can renew your soul on the inside. Is that something that you want? If it is, are you willing to say, God, I'm sorry for my sin? Because if you are, God will listen to you. Listen, he's not mad at you. He loves you. He just wants you to come home. So come home. So pray this now. You come right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me and cleanse me. Yes, I believe you died for me and that you rose again. Be my Lord. Come inside of me. Rule in my heart. Rule in my life. Lord, be who you want to be in my life. I give myself to you once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to help you and send you a Bible to help you. You can email me your name and address to Bible at corechurchla.com. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app, available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 347-89, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 